starts off it's in king arthur's kingdom and he's feasting with gawain and the other guys the other knights and there's a rasp on the door and in comes the turk stocky like a dwarf i suppose from lord of the rings you could think of but he's a turk and challenges all the knights and says who of you is mighty enough to face me Immediately, Sir Kay leaps up from his chair and says, How dare you! I'll crush this insolent fool! And then Gawain, the Chad Gawain, says, Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. We don't know whether this guy's a retard. He might just be an invalid. <laughs> so there'd be no honour, Kay, in crushing this guy if his head's gone. He's just schizophrenic or something, right? And so Kay, fair enough, good point. Then the Turk says, Okay, well... Out of either one of you, the mightiest, I'll take a blow and then I will give and lend a blow back. And so Gawain says, okay, I accept your, your challenge. Then obviously he's not an invalid because he re-says it again. That you guys aren't mighty enough to face me. Gawain gives him a blow, a big thump, doesn't kill him. The Turk says, I would have it that you come with me on an adventure because you've made a covenant with me now and you must keep to your truth. And Gawain says, okay, I will come on this quest with you until you finally lend this blow to me and hit me. Gawain prepares his armor, his horse, and they leave the keep. He leads him to this mountain and the earth opens up suddenly like it's the gates of hell, kind of. Darkness wreaths around the top of the cliff. Lightning, thunder. Gawain passes that initial test, so the earth closes up again. So the Turk says, ah, I'll, I'll lead you. They arrive at this mysterious castle. And I must also note here that he gets off the horse before entering the keep. Because the Turk is on foot, he's decided that uh, we'll both go on foot, which is significant for later. Open up the doors, and, and there's no one there, but all these, there's a great feast there. Think about the food, enormous legs of ham with steam coming off them and the smell. You can almost feel the heat from the food. It's so freshly cooked. And the Turk feasts into the food. Gwen says, oh, I give all the gold in Christianity to have to be able to eat this food. Why can't I have any of it? Because they've been starving for days, by the way. Now the Turk relents and says, you can eat some of the food. Take your fill because you're going to need it where we're going. The Turk says, we're going to the Isle of Man. And you know, the Isle of Man is off the coast of Britain. It's an island where the Manx are. It uh, was a Celtic place. The head of state is, is the queen, but it's ruled by an independent government, has low tax rates and such. And so anyway, they go to take a boat there and he can't take his horse. Remember that for later. The Turk says, the Sultan, heathen, who rules, we will have to face challenges with him. Only then will I lend this blow to you again. This place is, has been told to be full of giants. This is a... It's a mythical realm. They've gone into the strange lands because they go across the water, of course. That's the primordial chaos almost into the underworld. And so they take the boat over to the Manx and they go to the king, the sultan. And this king insults the kingdom and says, ah, oh, but I've defeated all the knights that have ever come here and their ladies and they are my prisoners. Flower of Arthur's court, knight, you will face these challenges three. And the first challenge they face is they have to defeat these giants, 17 of them, in... A game of tennis and the ball is brass and then the turk intercedes and joins him he's a brute though he's rude but he's powerful and he's called gawain's boy several times here so again remember that for later turk is able to defeat them in this tennis match with these massive tennis rackets and together they defeat the 17 giants sultan giant king says oh, i could face this next challenge takes them to this fireplace can you lift it up? It's massive. It's giant size. And he has one of his 
giant lackeys lift it up. The Turk then says, I'll step in, and then lifts it up, and he's able to, so passes that test. Then the third challenge, he says, Gawain, you must come alone for this and meet me out on the Isle of Man fields. He leads Gawain to this massive giant who's standing next to this cauldron, which is full of lead, molten lead, boiling, bubbling, and says, ah, I've slain before you all the knights that have come to me, and now I'll slay you, who is the flower, the last flower of, sh of knighthood, and no more will there be of King Arthur's court once you're dead. Gawain says, I've never seen such a mighty creature in all my life and all the world that I have to face, plus the king. It's 2v1, 2 verse 1. They move to attack Gawain and throw him into the cauldron to scold him to death and kill him. And suddenly the Turk, on an invisibility cloak, leaps forth at the giant, who has his pitchfork, and the Turk picks him up and throws him in the cauldron and holds him under with the pitchfork until he's scolded to death in this lead. Gawain turns to the king, who had him who had him dead to rights before. He says, convert. You will succumb to our laws, the heathen king of Manx. The king says, never, and spits on Gawain, which is a no. And then suddenly the Turk grabs him and throws him in the cauldron too, kills him. And so in killing him, all the enchantments are released and the, the knights are brought back that have been killed and the women that are held captive as well. But they stay in the kingdom now, it's fit, safe. The Turk says, Gwen, if I've done you any good in this adventure and helped you, do me this good now. Take this sword and chop my head off into this golden sink that's fit for an emperor. It's a golden basin. Rather than returning the blow which started this whole quest, Gwen agrees and cuts his head off and the blood goes into the sink. And suddenly, who was the Turk, turns into Sir Gromer, a northern lord. Uh, uh, he's a member of the Round Table, who is essentially a Celt, really, a neighbor. A brute, but a brute made into a knight. He invites Gawain to feast with him. So at the start, he wasn't allowed to eat at the, at the King Arthur's court. At the middle, he didn't let Gawain eat. And then when he's turned into a man, he... They eat together and then go back to King Arthur's realm. Arthur says, Gawain, I will make you king of this Isle of Man. Gawain says, no, make Gromer the king. I don't want it. I never wanted to be a king. You might wonder, why is Gawain participating in all this stuff, but he never does anything really? It's mostly this Turk who's called his boy for his boy. And think about it, a boy is more a brute. A boy is not civilized. A boy is the more savage part of your nature because it hasn't been trained yet. But you need that guy when you go out on adventure. The Turk is the stranger, but the savage parts of the Englishman's nature that you need. Because you've got to remember that we're barbarians. The Anglo-Saxon is both. The Englishman, what makes us so powerful is we're both retarded and geniuses at the same time. It's like falling arse backwards into something. That's Dionysian. It's going out into the unknown as the hero to be the endless beginner, to figure it out. When you're leaving Camelot, when you're leaving the castle, you're leaving the realm of the known. And that realm is sort of spirit. It's air in, in the head as well. The Turks, the body, it's a lesson for both of them. In the middle part, Gwen wants food, but he hasn't yet gone through giving the body what it needs, the monster within what it needs, which is what this Turk is. Once that monster's been integrated, he's gone on the adventure with him, they eat together. When you integrate this uh, force, you both feast then. Because if you just give in to your body without any inf informing, without any intellect, without any reason, your mind will be unhappy, won't it? Because you're not getting the goals you want, the wider meaning. 
your body might get the sex you want or the food you want, but then you get fat, your wider, more higher goals, the higher goods you don't get. They don't eat together at the start because the body hasn't had what it wants. The mind does. Then the body doesn't let the mind eat because he hasn't gone on the quest yet when they have to go to that other key. Can't just live in the mind and civilization and the body doesn't get what it wants. Can't just live in the pure Dionysian, the pure animal because then the mind doesn't get what it wants. And so by the end of it, that's the conclusion of it, is feasting together. The Turk, the stranger, the boy, his boy, and is a stranger to you because you don't really control it. You're in your imminent consciousness. You only know and see so much, but there's a whole world around you where all the gods are, that they're in the background there driving you, and you think that you control it all, you don't. Because, think about it, it's very hard to enact some new habit instantly. It's the horse, he's on the horse, and that's a microcosm up, a macrocosm up. The rider is the thing that moves the horse around, the mind, until he gets to the mystical keep where he gets off the horse. And the Turk is on foot, always. When he goes to sail over to the Isle of Man, he can't take the horse with him. It means that he's going into the savage land as a savage, embracing his savage, his boy. And you have a boy within you as well, in terms of a savage, wild, untrained thing you need to use when you go into combat. Think about it. In combat, you're not thinking, hmm, how am I going to do this thing? While you're doing it, you need to act. Trained the appropriate skill set. We need your Turk, who is really a northern Englishman, because he turns in, think about it, on the macrocosm up, he turns into Gromer, who's a borderlander. So he was never a Turk, and it's in the region, so these people aren't Muslims either. It's our inner savage is not like the heathen savage, but they're using the Turk as a motive to say, ah, oh, you think it's a stranger, but it's not actually a heathen, it's not actually the enemy. We are barbarians, and you have to actually embrace that for our part in the West. But on a macro and microcosm too, because it's across the border, it's our neighbours, it's just north, integrating them into the realm, but then keeping their spirit though, not crushing it. A thousand years hasn't gone away. The pagan elements haven't gone away. There's something David Mamet said, which is three uses of a knife. Is it act one, guy uses a knife to shave. Act two, uses a knife to cut bread. Act three, uses a knife to kill his unfaithful girlfriend. You see how it scales up and then flips. That's what happens here too. It's the tennis game, which is a game still. No one's fighting and killing each other. So then the second thing comes around is just to lift up this fireplace. The Turk does it, but it's a complete inversion. In fact, he has to face these two giants. He's been led into a trap. The invisibility cloak. See, that's where it's using the mind, but having the brute in reserve, perhaps invisibly. You need to have the force behind it, because if you integrate it, it will be there, invisible, with its invisible cloak on, ready to fight the battle when your life's at stake. If you do what it needs, go on the quest for it, you'll feast together. He asked, okay, now you can please chop my head off. He was supposed to return a blow onto Gawain at the start, so what does that mean, <laughs> right? So whose head is Gawain really chopping off? His own. So he chops it off into a golden sink, which is the spirit, gold, the blood, chaos blood, liquid, down low, symbolically, this means, drains into the sink and it's turned into Sir Gromer, a knight that's from the borderlands. So it's you, it's you, it's us, he's one of us, you chopping off the head with a pointy weapon. And we know from, from 
early symbolism that, of course, it's a tool, the sword of judgment. It's a cutting tool, the points are the tools that which we bring order to reality. That sword brings order to the Turk, who is Gawain. It's blood, which is the bottom. The very blood, red blood, is the very bottom of the hierarchy of from this, this ontology. It's, it's water, earth, uh, ether, or goals. The basin is spirit. It's turning it into spirits. It's giving form to it. You're chopping off the monster within because you've integrated it. By doing this quest and going out there, if you integrate the beast, if you use the beast, give it what it needs, it will obey you. It will work with you. But you have to take it into account because it knocks on the door of the civilization. So I want to do this. I want to go on this adventure. And if you just deny it, think, eh, whatever. Also, you'll be a shit knight if you're just all civilization. You'd be like those French nobles that we decimated on the field in Agincourt, <laughs> right? You'll be them. You don't want to be stoic all the time. You need to go out and experience the anger side. And that's why people do martial arts and stuff. You should be martial to martial. Who are you marshalling? You're marshalling yourself. Anglo-Saxons are this and need to embrace it, integrate it fuck-ups and Dionysians, but you need it when you're in war. Moving towards being a noble Chad. Don't be too civilized. Don't always wear suits, you know? Maybe I, I, it's advice I should follow myself as well. If you just stay in the citadel, you're just a ponce. If you're a fairy, you'll be crushed. But if you go out and embrace your barbarian nature and train it and marshal it, you'll both get more of what you want if you work together. Essentially, that's the use of this as a symbol. You can see that too in Gwen saying, hang on, we don't, he might be an invalid. If you just slay it, it's like your own drives. If something comes up, you should watch yourself. The macrocosm, it's also watching your neighbors as well. It's like, hang on, well, what does this guy mean? If someone says something counterintuitive, ask questions. Rather than being like Sir Kay and just trying to bat it down, find out. Now, that's not some intellectual thing either. It's really just saying that, <clears throat> listen, actually, Try understand the being of who is talking, what's really going on here, and then act. And the reason why Gromer is crowned is because the pleasure of that hierarchical reward is also the lion. It's not the monster, but it is the social lion. It's the hierarchy. That part inflates the ego. He does what he does because it's right and because it's, he's trying to uh, move towards the highest good. If he took the crown, it was, he did everything for that. But his baser thing, crown that. Because yes, you should enjoy it. Let the, let the beast within have that moment of reward. But you need to remember that you're not just that. You are your potential. You are your next quest. You are your moving towards the good for the good's sake, for its own sake. Gawain doesn't want to be crowned because he's the endless force moving out into the unknown, which we need to all be. If you're crowned, it's over. You've got to have faith that the unknown element of your psyche, what's in you, is equal to the task of facing the unknown outside. Genes will come online, all sorts of things will come online that you don't currently have if you go out into the unknown and do practices and change yourself. The reason it's a Turk is not because it actually is a Turk. It's, it's people know Turk as stranger. It's saying the stranger who's a brute is you, and that's why he turns into Gromer but not, it's saying that don't see the stranger within as a real heathen devil. See it as a brute you need to integrate. And so the king doesn't convert, but 
the brute is faced with brute. That's what I'm about to say for this of a stranger. If you're doing all these practices of spirituality and contemplation, that's so important now for meaning. But also remember, it's physical, it's body, it's understand your brute. I'm doing the same. Dare greatly to believe, and God save the king. The website, uh, it's greenwood.media or scottmanion.com. There's membership content there and membership videos. We've got a growing membership on Discord and participate in this growing movement and conversation. And uh, yeah, so the current members on YouTube that are still on YouTube, jump on the website and become a member there and disable, and I'll disable your YouTube one because I just, I can't even message you or anything or send you emails of when there's new content. They do that on purpose, so it's better to get it off YouTube. But yes, where we're aspiring and developing and growing this folk unfolding, we're growing this knowledge and wisdom that's in our own culture, pointing it out so it manifests itself. Also, you might want to grab this if you're into cryptocurrency. I made some NFTs that uh, you might want to buy if you believe in the project. I did some designs that are kind of like uh, Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> but it's an investment. It's the first Greenwood, and there's even a spelling mistake in there. So that's, you know it's authentic.